0: Hey, how's it going, everybody? Figured I'd start it off weird today. How you feel about that? Hi, welcome, hello. I hope everyone's doing great. Um, we are starting Half Blood Prince today. Who's stoked? who's absolutely hype about it today is the tart the the tart ooh ooh today's the tart today is the start of two things actually um some of you were here earlier and uh let's see do i see anybody in there sander hello and welcome back sander is here for the second stream of the day What else is going on, you may ask? Well, we are playing Dungeon World, and I just want to say it went particularly well. I am pretty happy with it. Um, I built a a, a little interactive panel, and so uh, for anyone who is interested in RPGs like Dungeons & Dragons or anything like that, um, that is essentially what we were playing. So y'all can go ahead and jump in on those streams and hang out with me and play some RPGs, because I am running adventures for chat. So... Bop, bop, bop. There is a bit of a delay on Mixer, but um, ultimately Mixer is, I, I picked Mixer. Mm, nope, 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 nope. I picked Mixer to do most of my streaming because uh, it is one of the lowest latency video streaming platforms. So, hopefully it's not too bad. How is everyone doing? In Discord, I see rainman AddyMCG, uh, AG, Aidenson chaos collect welcome that's a new name i haven't seen before charlie star i don't know if i've seen that one in before either heart hook i've definitely seen before welcome back jack of no trades one of my favorite names in the discord uh jade dragon uh louise aka curly welcome rachel sander how are y'all doing and then of course in mixer sander jujubee javgak excuse me excuse me Luis allen Uh, 22, Mr. Foose, Michelle, Dusty Giraffe, Odd Man, Crazy Lizard. How is everybody? Let's see. Lots of storytelling in the RPG, indeed. Mr. Foose says social distancing. Going strong with me and my wife, little kiddos in Pennsylvania. We're making the most of it chaos says listen about a week late on youtube thanks for keeping my drive to work entertaining of course of course it is my pleasure i am glad y'all are here to catch me live i'm super excited it's looking good already we are of course starting with book six today who thought we'd get this far honestly uh of anyone in chat i think mr foos of anyone in chat right now any of the names i've spotted so far i think mr foos is my longest running listener Mr. Foose, when exactly did you jump in? What uh, what what book were we on at that time? Because it's been a minute. I remember um, for for uh, for any of you who are joining us here for for the first time, or uh, you know who who have come in along the way, um, for about a year, I was at pff, I think it was about seventeen subscribers. Um, and then in the last year, things have taken off. Things have taken off a bit. Jack of No Trade says, "Excited for another trip back to Hogwarts. Any hints as to new voices?" Hmm. Well, we have a, a new voice coming in right off the jet. Fire Jet. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the first time. Mister foo says, "Maybe halfway through. Gonna try and figure that out later." I wouldn't mean it. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't worry about it. Um, Bowtie is wondering, are we allowed to join chat if we are muted? Some chats I'm in, you are not allowed. Um, you sh- yeah, that- that- that should work fine. Um, my- my livestream channel is set up specifically such that, uh, I am the only one who can make any noise, so everyone should be muted. Um, like, you don't have to do it yourself, it's automatically done, so, yeah, that's no problem. All right. Talking, uh, Let's see. Might have been prisoner or or a goblet of fire for jack of no trades. Sounds good. JRB says stay inside. Only allowed to leave to shop for food. Yep, that's <clears throat> that's roughly where we're at right now as well. Um, it's not. I haven't seen it like very strictly enforced because I haven't seen anyone. You know, I've I've been inside. I haven't been out seeing people who are requiring enforcement. So. Uh, I do hope everyone is, uh, everyone's staying in. Stay inside, don't touch your face, wash your hands a lot. Yeah, New York, uh, everybody send a lot of love over to New York. Cube Master Bold, thanks for the auto host. (laughs) All right, so, y'all know the drill, right? Some of you might not, if you're new, if you're super new. But uh, I imagine anyone who's new to one of the streams is here because they're catching up. So, what are we doing? Well, we're starting book six. We are starting Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. Twenty two. Thank you very much for this for the uh, for the host. I appreciate it. We are doing Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. We're getting started with it today. It's a two chapter day. That's right. That's right. I thought I'd uh, I thought I'd do something nice for you. Yeah. Look, don't don't ever say I never do nothing nice for you. Alright? I'm doing two chapters today. Uh look, uh you know, I try. I try. Ah, yeah, see? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm gonna make you an offer you can't refuse. We're doing two chapters today. So, chapters one and two. Um I guess in this oh no. Oh no, no, no. Charlie Starr says I sound like Dracula. Oof. <laughs> Um, that's all right. Oh, I've been, I have got criticized much worse earlier today. Oh, uh, who was it? I don't remember who it was. Uh, I think it was Quicks. maybe? I was talking about how, okay, so somebody said it looked like I was drinking water out of a Tupperware, which it kind of is. This is a one-quart container. They're used often in, uh, in, uh, like, professional kitchens, but I said I felt like a real chef because, um... <laughs> Because uh, all of the uh, the BA Test Kitchen, the so Bon Appetit, it's one of my favorite uh, YouTube channels. I like cooking at home a lot, and uh, one of my favorite YouTube channels that has helped me learn a lot about cooking is Bon Appetit. And uh, they they've I guess this, I've been watching this trend start up in in that uh, in that crew where they all they all get their hydration out of quart containers, and then I got razzed. Again, I want to say it was Quicks, but they said, uh, (laughs) I feel like a real chef. Drinks water out of a slightly different cup. I deserved it. I deserved it. It's all right. Uh, I am going to go over really quick, just a super macro view of what happened in the last book. It's a tall order, right? Well, here's what's going on. We have got... Voldemort, uh, he is officially back, but nobody really believes it. Uh, Harry's trying to convince people. Dumbledore, at the end of book four, of course, announced it to everyone that Dumbledore... I think I said Dumbledore is back, didn't I? Voldemort is back. Um, uh, And Dumbledore's trying to announce this to everyone and get people prepared and get people, uh, you know, get people aware but nobody believes him. It seems like the Ministry of Magic is actively trying to suppress the information that uh, that Voldemort is back because they don't really want to believe it. They don't want to have to act on it. They don't want to believe that they're, the measures that they put in place, the success they felt like they had before, the peace that they feel like they have now, they don't want to feel like any of that is being interrupted. Well, it is. Voldemort's back. He's really back. And... There are all sorts of disagreements. Uh, Many people agree with um, the Ministry of Magic and uh, their seemingly, their sort of propaganda machine, the Daily Prophet. Um, There are all sorts of very critical pieces regarding Harry Potter, uh, about how he might be a little unhinged, you know, he's seeing things. A few people agree with Harry, they believe him, but it is kind of tough because Harry is indeed seeing things he is having visions he's seeing voldemort's feelings and then as the visions progress he's actually he is seeing what voldemort sees <laughs> jack of no trade says uh do you have a pair of cufflinks made of human teeth with that voice i don't but i should get some that is a uh that's a gatsby reference That Gatsby read-through was a lot of fun. And uh, by the way, I am hoping to jump back onto Frankenstein at some point soon, but I was just sort of reading the room for right now, and I had other stuff I needed to get done anyway, so it seemed like if I was going to drop anything, Frankenstein would be an okay one. All right. So, Harry's having these visions. Well, um, it's not great. Uh, Apparently Voldemort is trying to break into the Ministry of Magic for some reason. Now, the Order of the Phoenix... We learn a lot about them. This is the group that has secretly dedicated themselves to fighting Voldemort and his return and the influences of all of his Death Eaters. Um, It includes people like uh, Lupin and Sirius Black and uh, the the Weasleys and um, uh, Alistair Moody and... uh, Nymphadora Tonks, and I'm sure I'm forgetting people, Mundungus Fletcher. Uh, but uh, this is a group, uh, some of them are ministry officials, some of them are just uh, just people um, in various walks of life who are dedicated to fighting Voldemort um, and the Dark Arts. Now, they are working hard, but they mention there might be some sort of weapon. And Harry susses out with a lot of help from his friends. This might be what he is seeing in these visions from Voldemort. Now... Where does this leave Harry? Well, pretty precarious. Uh, Dumbledore has ordered Harry to take occlumency lessons with Snape. Snape is supposed to teach Harry occlumency, the ability to shut Voldemort out of his mind, to keep... To, to, to Snape has been charged with teaching Harry to keep his own mind closed to outside influence. Shacklebolt, yep. Kingsley Shacklebolt, that's another one. Um, Debbie, how's it going? Uh, now... This is challenging. Snape and Harry do not get along whatsoever, and uh, during some of these meetings, he actually, Harry, uh, gets a glimpse into Snape's past. This past includes Harry's father, James Potter, and we find out that James Potter was not quite the shining individual that Harry hoped he was. As a matter of fact, it's a pretty difficult vision because we find that James Potter was pretty cruel to Snape when they were both at school together. Meanwhile, uh, elsewhere, <laughs> um, the uh, the Weasley twins are causing all sorts of trouble because there's a new sheriff in town, you might say, Professor Dolores Umbridge. She has been sent from the ministry to keep an eye on things at, at um, Hogwarts, and she is, by all accounts, just awful. She's just an awful person. Um, she is causing all kinds of trouble and uh, really interfering with all of the work that Dumbledore is trying to do here, including making people aware and prepared for Voldemort's potential return. Um, She has taken up the post of Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, and she makes sure that the students really learn virtually nothing. A very frustrating scenario. Um, Out uh, out elsewhere, uh, Hagrid has brought back a giant, it's his half-brother, Grop, Uh, and that giant is living in the woods. Uh, It all kicks off in the end when Harry's visions reveal that Sirius Black is being tortured in the Ministry of Magic, and Harry says, it's time, we have to go and save him. Um, He tries to alert other members of the Order of the Phoenix, but it is impossible, at least so he thinks at the moment, Um, and uh, he rushes off to try and save Sirius Black. He gets caught by Umbridge briefly, Umbridge gets run off into the woods with a bunch of centaurs, and then the centaurs get run off into the woods by Grop. Yes, it's a mess. Um, And uh, Harry, Hermione, Ron, Luna, Ginny, and Neville all head to the Ministry of Magic on Thestrals, where they find that, unfortunately, Voldemort has tricked Harry. Voldemort's not there. Neither is Sirius Black. But it was a ploy to get Sirius to go to the Department of Mysteries and retrieve a prophecy... At least a recording of a prophecy. It was a prophecy made by none other than Professor Trelawney. To Dumbledore. We don't find out what it means at first because it shatters. And uh, uh, Voldemort's followers and subsequently Voldemort are very angry about this. Um, uh, As it shatters, the uh, the group... um, There's an enormous fight. There is an unfortunate loss... And uh, I'm actually not going to mention it right now just in case people are coming in at a weird time, but there is a, a, a pretty devastating loss a, uh, in the fight in the Ministry of Magic. And um, Harry, after being saved by Dumbledore from Voldemort himself, uh, Harry ends up back at school where he and Dumbledore have a long discussion about uh, Harry's past and Harry's future. Uh, the prophecy apparently read that basically either Harry needs to kill Voldemort or Voldemort will kill Harry. One of them will kill the other. Neither can live while the other lives. Neither can, what is it? Neither can live while the other survives. I believe is the the, the wording of it. Um, but uh, this prophecy apparently points directly to Harry, and uh, so it seems that this isn't just an issue of you know, Harry's not just the one that got away for Voldemort. They are tied by fate. And Dumbledore, <laughs> Jade Dragon constant vigilance (laughs) Um, uh, they talk a little bit about Harry's past and why Dumbledore didn't tell Harry sooner and essentially we find out that it was simply because as Dumbledore says um, he cares for Harry too much He he cared too much for Harry to want to cause him pain right now although he knew that not telling him would cause him more pain later and now we are experiencing that pain. That is roughly where we're at. <laughs> Sorry, Bowtie. We have, uh, we, we ended that book on a pretty touching scene where the entire remaining order of the Phoenix, um, approaches the Dursley family and really makes it very clear to them Harry is to be treated well. Otherwise they will find out and it will go poorly. So... That is where we're at. I'm so excited to have y'all here tonight. Um, We are starting a new book. We're starting a new adventure earlier in the day. I hope you are all doing well because, um, well, I feel very strongly about all this. This is is something that I really love doing, and I really love being here with y'all. So thank you so much for joining me. I hope that you enjoy Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. as usual. If you've got something you'd like to discuss, please go ahead and put it in chat. I would love to talk about it. We'll either get to it during a chapter break, or perhaps at the end of the chapter. Blessed Conch says, forgot what happened to Hagrid. Um, Hagrid uh, ends up coming back to school. He went into hiding for a little while under Umbridge's regime, but he is back, and uh, he and Grop are, well, a little challenging. (laughs) So, Let's get started, shall we? I love y'all. Thanks for being here. Chapter One The Other Minister It was nearing midnight, and the Prime Minister was sitting alone in his office reading a long memo that was slipping through his brain without leaving the slightest trace of meaning behind. He was waiting for a call from the president of a far distant country, and between wondering when the wretched man would telephone and trying to suppress unpleasant memories of what had been a very long, tiring, and difficult week, there was not much space in his head for anything else. (laughs) The more he attempted to focus on the print on the page before him, the more clearly the Prime Minister could see the gloating face of one of his political opponents. This particular opponent had appeared on the news that very day, not only to enumerate all of the terrible things that had happened in the last week, as though anyone needed reminding, but also to explain why each and every one of them was the government's fault. The Prime Minister's pulse quickened at the very thought of these accusations, for they were neither true nor fair. How on earth was his government supposed to have stopped the bridge collapsing? It was outrageous for anyone to suggest that they were not spending enough on bridges. The bridge was fewer than ten years old, and the best experts were at a loss to explain why it had snapped cleanly in two, sending a dozen cars into the watery depths of the river below. How dare anyone suggest it was a lack of policemen that had resulted in those two very nasty and well-publicized murders? or that the government could have somehow foreseen the freak hurricane in the West Country that had caused so much damage to both people and property. And was it his fault that one of his junior ministers, Herbert Chorley, had chosen this week to act so peculiarly that he was now going to be spending a lot more time with his family? A grim mood has gripped the country, the opponent had concluded, barely concealing his own broad grin. And unfortunately... This was perfectly true. The Prime Minister felt it himself. People really did seem more miserable than usual. Even the weather was dismal, all this chilly mist in the middle of July. It wasn't right. It wasn't normal. He turned over the second page of the memo, saw how much longer it went on, and gave it up as a bad job. Stretching his arms above his head, he looked around his office mournfully. It was a handsome room with a fine marble staircase, with a fine marble fireplace facing the long sash windows, firmly closed against the unseasonable chill. With a slight shiver, the Prime Minister got up and moved over to the window, looking out at the thin mist that was pressing itself against the glass. It was then, as he stood with his back to the room, that he heard a soft cough behind him. he froze nose to the no nose to nose with his own scared-looking reflection in the dark glass he knew that cough he had heard it before he turned very slowly to face the empty room hello he said trying to sound braver than he felt for a brief moment he allowed himself the impossible hope that nobody would answer however A voice responded at once, a crisp, decisive voice that sounded as though it were reading a prepared statement. It was coming, as the Prime Minister had known at the first cough, from the frog-like little man wearing a long silver wig who was depicted in a small, dirty oil painting in the far corner of the room. "'To the Prime Minister of Muggles. Urgent we meet. Kindly respond immediately. Sincerely, Fudge.' The man in the painting looked inquiringly at the Prime Minister. Um, said the Prime Minister. Listen, it's not a very good time for me. I'm waiting for a telephone call, you see. From the President of... That can be arranged, said the portrait at once. The Prime Minister's heart sank. Oh, excuse me. That can be rearranged, said the portrait at once. The Prime Minister's heart sank. "'He had been afraid of that. "'But I really was rather hoping to speak. "'We shall arrange for the President to forget the call. "'He will telephone tomorrow night instead,' said the little man. "'Kindly respond immediately to Mr. Fudge.' "'I... oh, very well,' said the Prime Minister weakly. "'Yes, I'll see Fudge.' "'He hurried back to his desk, straightened his tie as he went.' He had barely resumed his seat and arranged his face into what he hoped was a relaxed and unfazed expression when bright green flames burst into life in the empty grate beneath his marble mantelpiece. He watched, trying not to betray a flicker of surprise or alarm as a portly man appeared within the flames, spinning as fast as a top. Seconds later, he had climbed out, onto a rather fine antique rug, brushing ash from the sleeves of his long, pinstriped cloak, a lime-green bowler hat in his hand. Oh, uh, 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 Prime Minister, said Cornelius Fudge, striding forward with his hand outstretched. Uh, uh, good to see you again. The Prime Minister could not honestly return this compliment, so said nothing at all. He was not remotely pleased to see Fudge, whose occasional appearances, apart from being downright alarming in themselves, generally meant that he was about to hear some very bad news. Furthermore, Fudge was looking distinctly careworn. He was thinner, balder, and grayer, and his face had a crumpled look. The Prime Minister had seen that look in politicians before, and it never boded well. "'How can I help you?' he said, shaking Fudge's hand very briefly and gesturing toward the hardest of the chairs in front of his desk. (laughs) Difficult to know where to begin, muttered Fudge, pulling up the chair, sitting down and placing his green bowler upon his knees. What a week, what a week. You've had a bad one too, have you? said the Prime Minister stiffly hoping to convey by this that he had had quite enough on his plate already without an extra helping from Fudge. "'Yes, yes, of course,' said Fudge, rubbing his eyes wearily and looking morosely at the Prime Minister. "'You've been having the same week you have, uh, Prime Minister, the uh, uh, Brockdale Bridge, the, the Bones Advancement, not to mention the, the ruckus in West Country.' "'You, uh, you I mean to say, some of your people were— uh, were involved in those those things were they fudge fixed the prime minister with a rather stern look Uh, of course they were he said surely you've realized what's going on i hesitated the prime minister it was precisely this sort of behavior that made him dislike fudge's visit so much he was after all the prime minister and did not appreciate being made to feel like an ignorant schoolboy But of course it had been like this from his very first meeting with Fudge on his very first evening as Prime Minister. He remembered it as though it were yesterday, and knew that it would haunt him until his dying day. He had been standing alone in this very office, savoring the triumph that was his after so many years of dreaming and scheming, when he heard a faint cough behind him, just like tonight, and turned to find that ugly little portrait talking to him, announcing that the Minister of Magic was about to arrive and introduce himself. Naturally, he had thought that the long campaign and the strain of the election had caused him to go mad. He had been utterly terrified to find a portrait talking to him, though this had nothing to do with how he felt with a self-proclaimed wizard bounding out of the fireplace and shaking his hand. He had remained speechless throughout Fudge's kindly explanation that there were witches and wizards still living in secret all over the world, and his reassurances that he was not to bother his head about them as the Ministry of Magic took responsibility for the whole wizarding community and prevented the non-magical population from getting wind of them. It was, said Fudge, a difficult job that encompassed everything from regulations on responsible use of broomsticks to keeping the dragon population under control. The Prime Minister remembered clutching the desk for support at this point, Fudge had then patted the shoulder of the still-dumbstruck Prime Minister in a fatherly sort of way. "'No, no, not to worry,' he said. "'It's odd on you'll never see me again. I'll only bother you if there's something uh, uh, really serious going on on our end, uh, something that's likely to affect muggles—the the, uh, non-magical population, I should say. Otherwise it's—live it's and uh, let live!' And I, I must say, you're taking it a lot, a lot better than your predecessor. He tried to um, uh, 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 throw me out the window, thought I was uh, 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 a hoax planned by the opposition. At this, the Prime Minister found his voice at last. You're, you're not a hoax, then. It had been his last desperate hope. No, 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 said Fudge gently. No, I'm uh, afraid I'm not. Look. And he had turned the Prime Minister's teacup into a gerbil. But, said the Prime Minister breathlessly, watching his teacup chewing on the corner of his next speech, But why? Why hasn't a former Prime Minister warned me? At this, Fudge had actually laughed. (laughs) "'My my, uh, dear Prime Minister, uh, uh, are you ever going to tell anybody?' Still chortling, Fudge had thrown some powder into the fireplace, stepped into the emerald flames, and vanished with a whooshing sound. The Prime Minister had stood there, quite quite motionless, and realized that he would never, as long as he lived, dare mention this to another living soul.' For who in the wide world would believe him? The shock had taken a little while to wear off. For a time, he had tried to convince himself that Fudge had indeed been a hallucination, brought on by lack of sleep during his grueling election campaign. In a vain attempt to rid himself of all reminders of this uncomfortable encounter, he had taken the gerbil to his delighted niece and instructed his private secretary to take down the portrait of the ugly little man who had announced Fudge's arrival. To the Prime Minister's dismay, however, the portrait had proved impossible to remove. When several carpenters, a builder or two, an art historian, and the Chancellor of the exchequer had all tried unsuccessfully to prise it from the wall, the Prime Minister had abandoned the attempt and simply resolved to hope that the thing remained motionless and silent for the rest of his term in office. Occasionally he could have sworn he saw out of the corner of his eye the occupant of the painting yawning, or else scratching his nose, even once or twice simply walking out of the frame and leaving nothing but a stretch of muddy brown canvas behind. However, he had trained himself not to look at the picture very much, and always to tell himself firmly that his eyes were playing tricks on him whenever anything like this happened. And then, three years ago, on a night very like this one, The Prime Minister had been alone in his office when the portrait had once again announced the imminent arrival of Fudge, who had burst out of the fireplace sopping wet and in a state of considerable panic. Before the Prime Minister could ask why he was dripping all over the Axminster, Fudge had started ranting about a prisoner the Prime Minister had never heard of, a man named Sirius Black, something that sounded like Hogwarts, and a boy called Harry Potter, none of which had the remotest sense to the Prime Minister. I would, uh, just uh, come from Escuminac. Uh, Fudge had panted, tipping a large amount of water out under the rim of his, out of the rim of his bowler hat into his pocket. In middle of the North Sea, you know, nasty flight. The Dementors are in uproar. He shuddered. I've never had a, a, a breakout before. Anyway, I've come to tell you, Prime Minister, uh, uh, Black is a known. "'Muggle-killer, mm, and maybe planning to rejoin you-know-who, "'but, but um, uh, of course you, you, you don't even know who you know who is!' "'He had gazed hopelessly at the Prime Minister for a moment and said, "'Well, sit down, sit down, i, I better fill you in. "'Have a whiskey.' "'The Prime Minister had rather resented being told to sit down in his own office,' let alone offered his own whiskey, but he sat nevertheless. Fudge pulled out his wand, conjured two large glasses full of amber liquid out of thin air, pushed one of them into the Prime Minister's hand, and drew up a chair. Fudge had talked for more than an hour. At one point, he had refused to say a certain name aloud and wrote it instead on a piece of parchment, which he had thrust into the Prime Minister's whiskey-free hand. When at last Fudge had stood up to leave, the Prime Minister stood up, too. "'So you think that—' He'd squinted down at the name in his left hand. "'Lord V Vol- "'He who must not be named,' snarled Fudge. "'I'm sorry. "'You think that he who must not be named is still alive, then?' Well, uh, um, Dumbledore says he is,' said Fudge, "'as he had fastened his pinstriped cloak under his chin.' But, yeah, we've never found him. If you ask me, he's not dangerous unless he's got support, so it's black we ought to be worrying about. You, you, put put out that warning then. Excellent, excellent. Well, I hope we don't see each other again, Prime Minister. (laughs) Good night. But they had seen each other again. Less than a year later, a harassed-looking fudge had appeared out of thin air in the cabinet room to inform the Prime Minister there had been a spot of bother at the Quidditch, or that's what it had sounded like, World Cup, that several Muggles had been involved, but that the Prime Minister was not to worry. The fact that you-know-whose-mark had been seen again meant nothing. Fudge was sure that it was an isolated incident, and the Muggle liaison office was dealing with all of the memory modifications as they spoke. Oh, um, I almost forgot. Fudge had added, "We're um, uh, importing three foreign dragons and a, 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 a sphinx for the Triwizard Tournament. Quite routine, but the Department for the Regulation and Control of Magical Creatures tells me that uh, it's, it's uh, down in the rule book. We have to notify you if we're bringing uh, uh, highly dangerous creatures into the country." I what? Dragons? Spotted the Prime Minister. Mm, yes, three said fudge and uh, uh, a sphinx well n- n- good day to you the prime minister had hoped beyond hope that dragons and sphinxes would be the worst of it but no less than two years later fudge had erupted out of the fire yet again this time with the news that there had been a mass breakout from azkaban a mass breakout repeated the fu- the prime minister hoarsely need to worry no need to worry shouted fudge already with one foot in the flames mm, uh, we'll have them rounded up in no time just uh, thought that you would uh, ought to know and before the prime minister could shout now wait just one moment fudge had vanished into a shower of green sparks whatever the press and the opposition might say the prime minister was not a foolish man It had not escaped his notice that, despite Fudge's assurances at their first meeting, they were now seeing rather a lot of each other, nor that Fudge was becoming more flustered with each visit. Little though he liked to think about the Minister of Magic, or, as he always called Fudge in his head, the Other Minister, the Prime Minister could not help but fear that the next time Fudge appeared, it would be with graver news still. The sight, therefore, of Fudge stepping out of the fire once more, looking disheveled and fretful and sternly surprised that the Prime Minister did not know exactly why he was here, was about the worst thing that had happened in the course of this extremely gloomy week. "'How should I know what's going on in the uh, wizarding community?' snapped the Prime Minister now. "'I've got a country to run, quite enough concern at the moment, without—' "'We have the, the same concerns,' Fudge interrupted.' The Brockdale Bridge didn't wear out. There wasn't really a hurricane. Those murders were not the work of muggles, and Herbert uh, Charlie's family would be safer without him. We are currently making arrangements to have him transferred to uh, uh, Saint Mungo's Hospital for Magical Maladies and Injuries. Mm, the the move should be effected tonight. Won't you? I'm afraid. What? Blustered the Prime Minister. Fudge took a great, deep breath and said prime minister i'm'm uh, uh, I'm, uh, very sorry to say I'm very sorry to have to tell you that he's back. He who must not be named is back back when you say back he's alive. I mean... The Prime Minister groped in his memory for the details of that horrible conversation three years previously. When Fudge had told him about the wizard who was feared above all others. The wizard who had committed a thousand terrible crimes before the mysterious disappearance fifteen years earlier. Yes. Yes. Um, alive that fudge. That is, I, I don't know, is is a man alive if he can't be killed? I don't really understand it, and Dumbledore won't explain it properly. But anyway, he's, he's certainly got a, a body and is walking and talking and killing, so I suppose for the purposes of our discussion, he's alive, yes. The Prime Minister did not know what to say to this but a persistent habit of wishing to appear well-informed on any subject that came up made him cast around for any details that he could remember of their previous conversations. "'Is Sirius Black with, er he must not be named?' "'Black? Black?' said Fudge, distractedly, turning his bowler hat rapidly in his fingers. Mm -hmm. "'Sirius Black? You mean Merlin's beard? No—' Black is dead. Turns out we were um, uh, mistaken. How about Black? He was innocent, after all, and he wasn't in league with, you know, who uh, he must not be named. I mean, he said... uh. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Fudge's voice, I can get a little lost in this one. And he uh, wasn't in league with he who must not be named, either. I, I mean... He added defensively spinning the boulder hat boulder ooh the bowler hat even faster all of the evidence pointed we we, we had more than 50 eyewitnesses but uh, uh, anyway as i say he's dead murdered as a matter of fact on ministry of magic premises there is going to be an inquiry actually to his great surprise the prime minister felt a fleeting stab of pity for fudge at this point it was, however, eclipsed almost immediately by a glow of smugness at the thought that, deficient though he might be in the area of marginalizing out of fireplaces, let's try materializing because that's the word that's written here, so let's go with that one. Deficient though he might himself be in the area of materializing out of fireplaces, there had never been a murder in any of the government departments under his charge. Not yet, anyway. Well, the department, while well, well, the Prime Minister surreptitiously touched the wood of his desk, Fudge continued. But, um, black's by the by now. The point is, uh, uh, we're at war, Prime Minister, and steps must be taken. Uh, war, repeated the Prime Minister nervously. Surely that's a bit of an overstatement. He who must not be named has now been joined by those of his followers who broke out of Azkaban in January, said Fudge, speaking a little more rapidly and twirling his bowler so fast that it was a lime-green blur. Since they have moved into the open, they have been wreaking havoc. The, the B- Brockdale Bridge, he did it. Prime Minister, he, he threatened to mass muggle killing. He threatened a mass muggle killing unless I stood aside for him and... Good grief so it's your fault those people were killed and i'm having to answer questions about rusted rigging and corroded expansion joys and i don't know what else said the prime minister furiously (laughs) my fault said fudge coloring up are you you saying that it would have caved into you you would have caved into blackmail like that maybe not said the prime minister standing up and striding about the room but I would have put all my efforts into catching the black manor before he committed any such atrocity. Do you really think I wasn't making every effort? demanded Fudge heatedly. Every order in the Ministry is was and is trying to find him and round up his followers, but we we happen to be talking about one of the most powerful wizards of all time. A a wizard who has eluded capture for almost three decades. (laughs) Oh, man. Professor Fudge. Professor Fudge. Minister Fudge is going to wear me out. So I suppose you're going to tell me it caused the hurricane in the West Country, too, said the Prime Minister, his temper rising with every pace he took. It was infuriating to discover the reason for all of these terrible disasters and not to be able to tell the public. Almost worse than it being the government's fault, after all. That was no hurricane, said Fudge miserably. Excuse me, barked the Prime Minister, now positively stamping up and down. "'Trees uprooted, roofs ripped off, "'lamp posts bent, horrible injuries.' "'It was the the Death Eaters,' said Fudge. "'He who must not be named followers, "'and we suspect uh, giant involvement.' "'The Prime Minister stopped in his tracks "'as though he'd been hit by an invisible wall. "'What involvement?' "'Fudge grimaced.' "'He he used giants last time, when he wanted to go for the grand effect,' he said. "'The Office of Misinformation has been working around the clock. We've had teams of obliviators out trying to modify the memories of all the the, the muggles who saw what really happened. We've got the Department for the um, Regulation and Control of Magical Creatures running around Somerset, but we, we can't find the giant. It's been a disaster.' "'You don't say,' said the Prime Minister furiously. "'I won't deny that morale is pretty low at the Ministry,' said Fudge. "'And with all that, and then uh, losing Amelia Bones.' "'Losing who?' Uh, "'Amelia Bones, the uh, head of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement. "'We think he who must not be named may have murdered her in person because—' She, she was a, a, a very gifted witch, and all the evidence was that she put up a real fight. Fudge cleared his throat, and with an effort, it seemed, stopped spinning with Buller. Oop. And with an effort, it seemed, stopped spinning his bowler hat. But that murder was in the newspapers, said the Prime Minister, momentarily diverted from his anger. Our newspapers? Amelia Bones... It just said she was a middle-aged woman who lived alone. It was a a nasty killing, wasn't it? It's had a rather lot of publicity. The police are baffled, you see. Fudge sighed. Oh, of course they are, he said. Locked. Killed in a room that was uh, locked from the inside, wasn't she? Uh, We, on the other hand, know... "'Exactly who did it. Uh, not that that gets us any further toward catching him. And then there was Emmeline Vance. Maybe you didn't hear about that one?' "'Oh, yes, I did,' said the Prime Minister. "'It happened just around the corner from here. As a matter of fact, the papers had a field day with it. Breakdown of law and order in the Prime Minister's backyard. "'And as if that wasn't enough,' said Fudge, barely listening to the Prime Minister.' "'We've got um, uh, Dementors swarming all over the place, "'attacking people left, right, and center.' "'Once upon a happier time, "'this sentence would have been unintelligible to the Prime Minister, "'but he was wiser now. "'I thought the Dementors guarded the prisoners in Azkaban,' "'he said cautiously. "'They did,' (sighs) said Fudge warily. "'But not any more.' Oh, they've deserted the prison and joined he who must not be named. I, I won't pretend it wasn't a blow, but said the prime Minister with a sense of dawning horror, did not you tell me that the creatures that drain hope and happiness out of people that's right and and and, and they're they're breathing that's what's causing all of this mist. The Prime Minister sank, weak-kneed, into the nearest chair. The idea of invisible creatures swooping through the towns and countryside, spreading despair and hopelessness in his voters, made him feel quite faint. Now see here, Fudge. You have got to do something. It's your responsibility of Minister for Magic. <laughs> My dear Prime Minister, you... You can't honestly think I'm still Minister for Magic after all this i I was sacked three days ago. the 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 whole wizarding community has been screaming for my resignation for a fortnight. i, 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 I I've, I've never known them so united in my whole term of office, said Fudge, with a brave attempt at a smile. The Prime Minister was momentarily lost for words. Despite his indignation at the position into which he had been placed, he still felt rather for the shrunken-looking man sitting opposite him. "'I'm very sorry,' he said finally. "'Is there anything I can do for you?' "'It's um, it's very kind of you, Prime Minister, but uh, there is nothing—' I was sent here tonight to bring you up to date on recent events and to um, uh, introduce you to my successor. I rather thought that he'd be here by now, but of course he's very, very busy at the moment with um, uh, so much uh, going on. Fudge looked around at the portrait of the little man wearing the long, curly silver wig, who was digging in his ear with the point of a quill. Catching Fudge's eye, the portrait said— "'He'll be here in a moment. He's just finishing a letter to Dumbledore.' "'I wish him luck,' said Fudge, sounding bitter for the first time. I've, "'I've been writing to Dumbledore twice a day for the past fortnight, but he won't budge. "'If he'd just been prepared to persuade the boy, I might still be—' "'Well, maybe Scrimgeour will have more success.' Fudge subsided into what was clearly an aggrieved silence, but it was broken almost immediately by the portrait, which suddenly spoke in its crisp official tone, to the, de- to the Prime Minister for Muggles, requesting a meeting. Urgent. Kindly respond immediately, Rufus Scrimgeour, Minister of Magic. Yes, yes, fine, said the Prime Minister distractedly, and he barely flinched as the flames in the grate turned emerald green again rose up and revealed a second spinning wizard in their heart, disgorging him, moments later, onto the antique rug. Fudge got to his feet, and after a moment's hesitation, the Prime Minister did the same, watching the new arrival straighten up, dust down his long black robes, and look around. The Prime Minister's first foolish thought was that Rufus Scrimgeour looked rather like an old lion, There were streaks of grey in his mane of tawny hair and his bushy eyebrows. He had keen, yellowish eyes behind a pair of wire-rimmed spectacles and a certain rangy, loping grace, even though he walked with a slight limp. There was an immediate impression of shrewdness and toughness. The Prime Minister thought he understood why the wizarding community preferred scrimgeour to fudge as a leader in these dangerous times. "'How do you do?' said the Prime Minister politely, holding out his hand. Scrimgeour grasped it briefly, his eyes scanning the room, then pulled a wand out from under his robes. Fudge told you everything, he asked, striding over to the door and tapping the keyhole with his wand. The Prime Minister heard the lock click. Um, yes, said the Prime Minister and if you don't mind i'd rather keep that door unlocked i'd rather not be interrupted said scrimgeour shortly or watched he added pointing his wand at the windows so that the curtains swept across them right well i'm a busy man so let's get down to the business first of all we need to us- we need to discuss your security the Prime Minister drew himself up to his fullest height and replied, "'I am perfectly happy with the security I've already got. Thank you very—' "'Well, we're not,' Scrimgeour cut in. "'It'll be a poor lookout for the Muggles if their Prime Minister gets put under the Imperius curse, "'the new secretary in our outer office.' "'I am not getting rid of Kingsley Shacklebolt, if that's what you're suggesting.' said the Prime Minister hotly. He is highly efficient. He gets through twice the work of the rest of them. Much because he's a wizard, said Scrimger, without a flicker of a smile. A highly trained order who's been assigned to you for your protection. <laughs> Good guess. Good guess. Jack of No Trades was able to uh, predict that one. Well done, Jack of No Trades predicted that he would be Scottish, at the very least. Well done. Well done, jack-of-no-trades. Now wait a moment, declared the Prime Minister. You can't just put your people into my office. I decide who works for me. I thought you were happy with Shacklebolt, said Scrimgeour coldly. I am. That's to say, I, I was... "'Then there's no problem, is there?' said Scrimgeour. i well as long as shackle-boats work continues to be uh, excellent,' said the Prime Minister lamely, but Scrimgeour barely seemed to hear him. "'Now, about Herbert Chorley, your junior minister,' he continued, "'the one who's been entertaining the public by impersonating a duck.' "'What about him?' asked the Prime Minister.' He's clearly reacted poorly to. What? What is this? Oh. He's clearly reacted poorly to an imperious curse, said Scrimshaw. It's out of his brains, but he could still be dangerous. He's only quacking, said the Prime Minister weakly. Surely a, a bit of rest. Maybe he could go easy on the drink. A team of healers from St. Mangos Hospital for Magical Maladies and Injuries are examining him as we speak. So far he's attempted to strangle three of them, said Scrimgeour. I think it's best that we remove him from Muggle society for a while. I... Well... (sighs) He'll be all right, won't he? said the Prime Minister anxiously. Scrimgeour merely shrugged, already moving back toward the fireplace. Well... ''That's really all I had to say. I'll keep you posted of developments, Prime Minister, or at least I should probably be too busy to come personally, in which case I'll send Fudge here. He has consented to stay on in an advisory capacity.'' Fudge attempted to smile, but was unsuccessful. He merely looked as though he had a toothache. Grimjo was already rummaging in his pockets for the mysterious powder that had turned the fire green. The Prime Minister gazed hopelessly at the pair of them for a moment, and the words he had fought to suppress all evening burst from him at last. "'But for heaven's sake, you're wizards! You can do magic! Surely you can set some something out! Anything!' Scrimgeour turned slowly on the spot and exchanged an incredulous look with Fudge, who really did manage a smile this time, as he said kindly. The trouble is The other side can do magic too Prime Minister And with that The two ministers stepped one after the other Into the bright green fire And vanished Michelle says My husband said I guess he's trying to do Sean Connery And I tell you what there's no reason you should have to believe me and so I am not going to uh I'm not going to insist that you do but um my Sean Connery has been much better in the past than that. I don't mind. This is how it typically works. I typically start in with a voice. Um it's 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 been surprisingly different when I do my own read-throughs versus when I get onto a mic to do them. Um and so, yeah, eventually I'll I'll uh I'll sort of massage it into place. It, they they tend to settle out a little bit and become much more even. Um but uh Alan Quartermain, huh? Tuna says I've got a, a nice Alan Quartermain going on. Let's go ahead and look that up. Alan Quartermain is the protagonist of H. Ryder Haggard's 1885 novel, King Solomon's Minds, and its sequels. What are you talking about? What is this? <laughs> what is this? What is Alan Quartermain? <laughs> It looks like a predecessor, perhaps, to uh, Indiana Jones. Oh, gotcha. That's because that's exactly what it is. Damn it. All right, well done. Well done, Tuna. I haven't watched those in in, uh, a bit. Sean Connery in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, gotcha. Mr. Foose says, I just checked, by the way, my earliest share of this channel I can find was book three, but the share says that I've shared uh, about you before that. I'm going to stick with it from before. I think it was halfway through book one. My first YouTube comment is chapter 17 on book one. (laughs) Yeah, no, that sounds about right. Yeah, Mr. Foose has been around for a while. And then, of course, Tuna Sunday. Tuna Sunday has been uh, uh, like a manager, almost, (laughs) long long time tuna my boy tuna's my boy well sean did play alan quarterman in the league of extraordinary gentlemen excellent so uh mr foo says rachel's the real og right and that is uh rachel that's my rachel um and then there's also there's another rachel who uh who hangs out in here is she here tonight yep i see her in over in discord how's it going rachel um but that one is not my sister rachel and then mcquick just demands the beans She's my beans manager. No, I've got a beans manager. She's my beans secretary? I don't know. What I do know is I have to take a break. Uh, it's been a long mm-hmm. streaming day. Um, that's not to say we're stopping, though. I'm taking a quick five-minute break. I'm going to get hydrated. I'm going to use the restroom real quick, and then uh, we're going to get on to our next chapter. So go ahead. Uh, if have got stuff you want to talk about. Um, for instance, um, how, like, how rough my, my uh, Sean Connery impression is. Again, I'll, I'll sort it out. I just have to, I don't know, I think I typically have to like remember a specific scene where I can hear him, but see how his mouth is moving. And that tends to uh, help me sort it out, but I'll, we, will, we will gentle into it. We'll gentle into it. It'll be all good. All right, I'm gonna take a quick break. I'll see y'all in just a bit. Five minutes, five minutes, I'll be back. Bye-bye. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back we're in we are ready for our next chapter um looks like uh yep mcqueque and uh, mr foos both have fallen fallen afoul of Catbot. <laughs> you can only predict and theorize but you can't type assume otherwise it'll get you you'll get got did you die again bowtie fox <laughs> did you get dead again did i get you Yep, just two chapters for tonight they both turned out to be pretty much um full length uh so yeah just the two last week was a long one that was a that was a three hour stream uh um maybe even closer to like three and a half but it was a good time but uh this week i am doing two streams today already so i figure let's just stick with the two i've only prepped for two so we're only doing two i can assure you of that okay twenty two says Fudge really is a dunce. And uh Gwendog Yes, don't worry. I got I got your uh your Sean Connery reference. It, it definitely would have deleted it if you had written it phonetically. But uh yeah, don't worry, I got you. I got you. I see you. I see you, Gwendog. Mitch Foo says, I was reading the Hobbit last night, and Fudge and the master of the of the lake town are very similar oh boy it's been a long time since i read the uh the hobbit i might have to take another look at that i believe you though from what a little i remember yeah it sounds kind of familiar um just their attitudes perhaps it's a bit of a testament to the voices as they are written in the books because um uh maybe not all of them i certainly wouldn't say this about all of them uh it's not it's not maybe the the perfect example but um Uh, wishy witch i tell you what i'm declaring that it was bad it was it's definitely not the best sean connery i've ever done like i said it changes up when i get into onto a mic about it and so (laughs) it started coming out of my mouth and you might have seen me pause a couple of times because i just sort of like i realized like oh yeah yeah i don't know anything about what sean connery sounds like i've been doing it for a couple of years at this point um but uh yeah we'll ease into it i'm not worried about it it's all right and uh Trust me, no love lost between me and your, your delightful husband that I really know virtually nothing about. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. It's my declaration. It's not up to my own Sean Connery standards, my Sean standard Conner. Con, Con, Conner. That's the the one. You know about it. Bowtie says gonna do some emojis tonight. Okay. My husband says hi and thanks for letting him play Mech Warrior without me distracting him. Hey, Bowtie Fox, you're with us. You're riding the sidecar. Welcome. Mech warrior. I don't know if I'm familiar with that one. JRB says, dinner done. I hate chapter two, but I can't wait to listen. Just need coffee now. I hate chapter two. Interesting. Okay. Well, you know what's coming then. Uh, Mr. Foo says, raise your hand if you're also drinking coffee. Hands up if you're drinking coffee. <laughs> Yeah, I'm hoping that's kind of the experience that y'all can get here. I, I really like this sort of book club thing. And somebody mentioned um, something from the Croods uh, where they all like get all excited and then they all sit for the, the story. I like this. Coop, I'll admit, I'm surprised to see your name here tonight. Uh, but, uh, I hope everyone is doing super well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do my quick review of chapter one so we can get into chapter two. Uh, chapter two is called Spinner's End. I don't know if that'll, that'll, uh, remind anyone. <laughs> Courtney, Courtney's coming in ambivalent. Chapter two is an okay chapter. <laughs> World-based book club. And It's amazing. It's amazing don't i wonder what uh oh gotcha i see all right good to have you here real coop um okay so uh absolutely stuck at home better get some good coffee yeah tuna is your coffee maker there yet Ah. (laughs) louise allen says first time on the books have only watched the movies well you're in for a treat i hope it's been enjoyable so far i've certainly been enjoying it Let's review chapter one. So chapter one, this is one of those great moments where we get a glimpse outside of what's happening with and around Harry Potter, right? We got a little bit of a glimpse of that last book where, uh, we've got, um, you know, the, the old man up at the, up at the, the, the old house. And, uh, you know, uh, we find that Voldemort is there and, um, uh, um, I keep wanting to call him Worm Tongue. Worm is there. Uh, actually, that must have been the start of the, the book four, mustn't it? Anyway, we are here. Uh, we're separating from Harry a little bit, and we find what else is going on in the world. You know, this is this. Is, Voldemort is back. This must have a big impact, right? And it does indeed. Uh, it Turns out the Prime Minister of the of the UK. Um, okay. By the way, anyone in, anyone in or from the UK, go ahead and and like you might have to correct me on that because i recognize there's a there's a big difference between like british isles and england and the uk and etc so i believe it's the prime minister of the uk or is it just the prime minister of england you all might have to correct me about that one anyway um he is one of the only people who is aware that there is a one of the only muggles who is kept aware that there is a Minister for Magic, and uh, Cornelius Fudge shows up. We get a little bit of their history together. Um, we we talk a little bit about you know the the times in the past when Cornelius Fudge has showed up in the Prime Minister's office, and it's never been good. And this time it is apparently the worst. Um, there have been uh, there's been a collapsed bridge that shouldn't have collapsed. There is um, a uh, there have been a couple of murders of seemingly, you know, just quiet, uh, solitary people. There have been, um, uh, let's see, what, what else was it? There's a, this massive fog. There was a hurricane, and apparently, none of this is quite right. Those two, those two uh, solitary people that were murdered, they were actually high-ranking ministry officials. Um, the, or at least one of them was. The other one, I don't, I think Emmeline Vance uh, was the other one, but I don't remember who she is. Um, uh, that hurricane wasn't a hurricane. Uh, it might have been giants involved. Um, the uh, the fog, that's Dementors breeding apparently. Which is I'm gonna be just I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna level with you. That's gross, right? Can we agree that's gross? What's all this fog from? Oh man, I've been walking through this fog. It's all over my glasses and everything. Oh yeah, it's the Dementors. They're breeding. Excuse me, gross. Excuse me. Excuse me. Um, and then uh, of course uh, what was the last one? Uh, The bridge collapsing Uh, apparently that might have been uh, an attempt to blackmail the minister of magic so (laughs) I made Mr. Foose's wife shudder I made Mrs. Foose shudder the fog is disgusting now I'll never think of fog the same way again says AG or just AG (laughs) Eighty-one, ninety-one. <laughs> um And Bowtie says, uh, I think it's just the English prime minister or according to my mum, some rude things that I won't repeat here. Uh, yeah, y'all might've noticed. And this one I'm going to fully take, take uh, credit for um, because it wasn't good and I don't ever see it getting better. That, uh, my, my prime minister voice was my very bad Boris Johnson impression. So let me, give, give me an oof in chat for that one. <laughs> Um but yeah uh, apparently um uh, Cornelius Fudge has been asked to step down and he has done so and he has been replaced by uh, a new prime uh, excuse me a new minister for magic um Rufus Scrimgeour who will, will be voiced by a, a gradually improving Sean Connery <laughs> Um I do uh, I do appreciate y'all who who were able to pick that out including Michelle's husband well done um <laughs> tuna Sunday spending sparks to drop a an oof gif on me just really rubbing it in um and uh yeah Dog says uh stream dropped at the end just uh the the collapsing bridge apparently was uh voldemort had had instructed fudge to get out of his way um and uh, if not he was going to cause havoc like that so that's the, that's the blackmail it was Voldemort blackmailing Fudge, but uh, Fudge is no longer in charge. We've got Rufus Scrimgeour now. There's some mention of Dumbledore. You know, perhaps uh, the the Ministry apparently thinks Dumbledore should be trying to convince Harry of something. We don't know what exactly right now, but that is where we're at, and uh, that is roughly. Uh, that's that's my rough summary. Rougher than some of the recent ones. I think my, my summary of the last book went particularly well, honestly. But uh, now, shall we get into our next chapter? Probably, because it's almost half past five. <laughs> yeah, next time your glasses fog up, grab your wand. Here we go. Next chapter for the night. It's been great reading for y'all. If you've got anything you want to discuss, please put it in chat. Love to talk about it. As usual. You know the system. Okay, and I'm gonna get my mic set up so I don't touch it a bunch during the stream, during the read-through. I've had a couple of gentle reminders about that. Okay. I think that's gonna be... That's good. Okay, there we go. Nope, a little higher. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter Two. Spinner's End. Many miles away, The chilly mist that had pressed against the Prime Minister's windows drifted over a dirty river that wound between overgrown, rubbish-strewn banks. An immense chimney, relic of an unused mill, reared up, shadowy and ominous. And believe it or not, that's exactly how it's punctuated. There was no sound apart from the whisper of the black water, and no sign of life apart from a scrawny fox that had slunk down the bank to nose hopefully at some old fish and chips wrappers in the tall grass. But then there was a very faint pop. A slim, hooded figure appeared out of thin air at the edge of the river. The fox froze, weary eyes fixed upon this strange new phenomenon. The figure seemed to take its bearings for a few moments, then set off with quick, light strides, its long cloak rustling over the grass. With another louder pop, another hooded figure materialized. Wait! The harsh cry startled the fox, now crouching almost flat in the undergrowth. It leapt from its hiding place and up the bank. There was a flash of green light, a yelp, and the fox fell back to the ground. Dead. Dead. The second figure turned over the animal with its toe. "'Just a fox?' said a woman's voice dismissively from under the hood. "'I thought perhaps an oar." "'Sissy, wait!' But her quarry, who had paused and looked back at the flash of the light, was already scrambling up the bank that the fox had just fallen down. "'Sissy! Narcissa! Listen to me!' The second woman caught the first and seized her arm, but the other wrenched it away. Go back, Bella. You must listen to me. I've listened already. I have made my decision. Leave me alone. The woman named Narcissa gained the top of the bank, where a line of old railings separated the river from a narrow cobbled street. The other woman, Bella, followed at once. Side by side, they stood looking down the road at the rows of dilapidated brick houses, their windows dull and blind in the darkness. "'He lives here,' said Bella, in a voice of contempt. "'Here, in this muggle dunghill. "'We must be the first of our kind ever to set foot.' But Narcissa was not listening. She had slipped through a gap in the dusty railings and already hurried down the road. "'Sissy, wait!' Bella followed, her cloak streaming behind, and saw Narcissa darting through an alley between the houses into a second, almost identical street. Some of the street lamps were broken, the two women were running between patches of light and deep darkness. The pursuer caught up with her prey just as she turned another corner, this time succeeding in catching hold of her arm and swinging her around so that they faced each other. sissy you must not do this. You can't trust him. The Dark Lord trusts him, doesn't he? The Dark Lord is, I believe, mistaken. Bella panted, and her eyes gleamed momentarily under her hood as she looked around to check that they were indeed alone. "'In any case, we were told not to speak of the plan to anyone. This is a betrayal of the Dark Lords. Let go, Bella,' snarled Narcissa, and she drew a wand from beneath her cloak, holding it threateningly in the other's face. Bella merely laughed. "'Sissy, your own sister? You wouldn't. There is nothing I wouldn't do any more.' Narcissa breathed a note of hysteria in her voice, and as she brought down the wand like a knife, there was another flash of light. Bella let go of her sister's arm as though burned. Narcissa! But Narcissa had rushed ahead. Rubbing her hand, her pursuer followed again, keeping her distance now as they moved deeper into the deserted labyrinth of brick houses. At last, Narcissa Hurried up a street named Spinner's End, over which the towering mill chimney seemed to hover like a giant's admonitory finger. Her footsteps echoed on the cobbles as she passed boarded and broken windows until she reached the very last house, where a dim light glimmered through the curtains in a downstairs room. She had knocked on the door before Bella, cursing her under her breath, had tossed up. She had knocked on the door before Bella, cursing under her breath, had caught up. Together they stood waiting, panting slightly, breathing in the smell of the dirty river that was carrying them on the, that was carried to them on the night breeze. After a few seconds they heard movement behind the door and it opened a crack. A sliver of a man could be seen looking out at them. A man with long black hair parted in curtains around a sallow face and black eyes. Narcissa threw back her hood. She was so pale, she seemed to shine in the darkness. The long blonde hair streaming down her back gave her the look of a drowned person. Narcissa, said the man, opening the door a little wider so that the light fell upon her and her sister too. What a pleasant surprise. Severus, she said in a strained whisper, may I speak to you? It's urgent. "'But of course.' He stood back to allow her to pass him into the house. Her still-hooded sister followed without invitation. "'Snape!' she said curtly as she passed him. "'Bellatrix,' he replied, his thin mouth curling into a slightly mocking smile as he closed the door with a snap behind them. They had stepped directly into a tiny sitting-room, had the feeling of a dark, padded cell. The walls were completely covered in books, most of them bound in old black or brown leather. A threadbare sofa, an old armchair, and a rickety table stood grouped together in a pool of dim light, cast by a candle-filled lamp hung from the ceiling. The place had an air of neglect, as though it was not usually inhabited. In this scene, Narcissa and Bellatrix meet an old feeling in, in an old building in Spinner's End. <laughs> well done, Jack. Sleep gestured Narcissa to the sofa. She threw off her cloak, cast it aside and sat down, staring at her white and trembling hands clasped in her lap. Bellatrix lowered her hood more slowly. Dark as her sister was fair, with heavily lidded eyes and a strong jaw, She did not take her gaze from Snape as she moved to stand behind Narcissa. So, what can I do for you? Snape asked, settling himself in the armchair opposite the two sisters. We, we aren't alone, are we? said Narcissa, quietly. Yes, of course. Well, Wormtail is here, but we're not counting vermin, are we? He pointed his wand at the wall of books behind him, and with a bang, a hidden door flew open, revealing a narrow staircase upon which a small man stood, clearly frozen. "'As you have clearly realized, Wormtail, we have guests,' said Snape lazily. The man crept, hunchbacked, down the last few steps and moved into the room. He had small, watery eyes, a pointed nose, and wore an unpleasant simper. His left hand was caressing his right, which looked as though it were encased in a bright silver glove. "'Mercy, sir,' he said in a squeaky voice. "'And Bellatrix! How charming!' "'Wormtail will get us drinks, if you'd like them,' said Snape. "'And then he will return to his bedroom.' Wormtail winced as though Snape had thrown something at him. "'I'm not your servant,' he squeaked, avoiding Snape's eye. "'Really? I was under the impression that the Dark Lord placed you here to assist me?' "'To assist, yes, but not to make you drinks and and clean your house?' "'I had no idea, Wormtail, that you were craving more dangerous assignments,' said Snape, silkily. "'This can easily be arranged.' I shall speak to the Dark Lord. I can speak to him myself if I want to. Of course you can, said Snape, sneering. Sneering. There's no T in that word. But in the meantime, bring us drinks. Some of the elf-made wine will do. Wormtail hesitated for a moment, looking as though he might argue. But then he turned and headed through a second hidden door. They heard banging and a clinking of glasses. Within seconds, he was back, bearing a dusty bottle and three glasses upon a tray. He dropped these onto a rickety table and scurried from their presence, slamming the book-covered door behind him. Snape poured out three glasses, of blood-red wine and handed two of them to the sisters. Narcissa murmured a word of thanks, whilst Bellatrix said nothing but continued to glower at Snape. This did not seem to discompose him. On the contrary, he looked rather amused. The Dark Lord, he said, raising his glass and draining it. The sisters copied him. Snape refilled their glasses. As Narcissa took her second drink, she said in a rush, Severus, I'm sorry to come here like this, but I had to see you. I think you're the only one who can help me. Snape held up a hand to stop her, then pointed his wand again at the concealed staircase door. There was a loud bang and a squeal, followed by the sound of Wormtail scurrying back up the stairs. My apologies, said Snape. "'He has lately taken to listening at doors. "'I don't know what he means by it.' "'You were saying, Narcissa?' "'She took a great shuddering breath and started again. "'Severus, I know I ought not to be here. "'I have been told to say nothing to anyone, but... "'Then hold your tongue!' snarled Bellatrix. "'Particularly in the present company!' "'Present company?' "'repeated Snape sardonically. "'And what am I to understand by that, Bellatrix?' "'That I don't trust you, Snape, as you very well know!' Nessus let out a noise that might have been a dry sob "'and covered her face with her hands. "'Snape set his glass down upon the table and sat back again, "'his hands upon the arms of his chair, "'smiling into Bellatrix's glowering face.' "'Now, sister, I think we ought to hear what Bellatrix is bursting to say. "'It will save us tedious interruptions.' "'Well, continue, Bellatrix,' said Snape. "'Why is it you do not trust me?' "'A hundred reasons!' she said loudly, "'striding out from behind the sofa to slam her glass upon the table. "'Where to start? "'Where were you when the Dark Lord fell? "'Why did you never make any attempt to find him when he vanished?' What have you been doing all these years that you've lived in Dumbledore's pocket? Why did you not stop the Dark Lord? Why did you stop the Dark Lord procuring the Sorcerer's Stone? Why did you not return at once when the Dark Lord was reborn? Where were you a few weeks ago when we battled to retrieve the prophecy for the Dark Lord? And why, Snape, is Harry Potter still alive? You've had him at at your mercy for five years. She paused, her chest rising and falling rapidly, the color high in her cheeks. Behind her, Narcissa sat motionless, her face still hidden in her hands. Snape smiled. Before I answer you, oh yes, Bellatrix, I am going to answer. You can carry my words back to the others who whisper behind my back and carry false tales of my treachery to the Dark Lord. Before I answer you, I say, let me ask a question in return. Do you really think that the Dark Lord has not asked me each and every one of those questions, and do you really think that, had I not been able to give satisfactory answers, I would be sitting here talking to you? She hesitated. I know he believes you, but... You think he is mistaken? Or that I have somehow hoodwinked him? Fooled the Dark Lord, the greatest wizard, the most accomplished legilimens the world has ever seen. Bellatrix said nothing, but looked, for the first time, a little discomfited. "'Snape did not press the point. "'He picked up his drink again, sipped it, and continued. "'You asked where I was when the Dark Lord fell. "'I was where he ordered me to be, "'at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, "'because he wished me to spy upon our Dumbledore. "'You know, I presume, "'that it was on the Dark Lord's orders that I took up the post?' "'She nodded almost imperceptibly and then opened her mouth, "'but Snape forestalled her.' "'You ask me why I did not attempt to find him "'when he vanished, for the same reason "'that Avery Yaxley, the Kerro's greyback Lucius... "'He inclined his head slightly to Narcissa, "'and many others did not attempt to find him. "'I believed him finished. "'I believed him finished. "'I am not proud of it. I was wrong. "'But there it is. "'If he had not forgiven those who lost faith at that time, "'he would have very few followers left.' "'He'd have me,' said Bellatrix passionately. "'I, who spent many years in Azkaban for him!' "'Yes, indeed, most admirable,' said Snape in a bored voice. "'Of course you weren't a lot of use to him in prison, but the gesture was undoubtedly fine.' "'Gesture!' she shrieked, and in her fury she looked slightly mad. Well I endured the Dementors, you remained at Hogwarts. Come to me playing Dumbledore's pet Not quite, said Snape calmly. He wouldn't give me the Dement He wouldn't give me the defense against the Dark Arts job, you know. Seem to think it might uh, bring about a relapse. Tempt me into my old ways. "'This was your sacrifice for the Dark Lord? Not to teach your favorite subject?' she jeered. "'Why did you say there all the time, Snape? Still spying on Dumbledore for a master you believed dead?' "'Hardly,' said Snape, "'although the Dark Lord is pleased that I never deserted my post. I had sixteen years of information on Dumbledore to give him when he returned. Our a rather more useful welcome back present than endless reminiscences of how unpleasant Azkaban is. But you stayed! Yes, Bellatrix, I stayed, said Snape, betraying a hint of impatience for the first time. I had a comfortable job that I preferred to a stint in Azkaban. They were rounding up Death Eaters, you know. Dumbledore's protection kept me out of jail. It was most convenient, and I used it. I repeat, the Dark Lord does not complain that I stayed, so I do not see why you do. I think you next wanted to know, he pressed on, a little more loudly, for Bellatrix showed every sign of interrupting, why I stood between the Dark Lord and the Sorcerer's Stone. That is easily answered. He did not know whether he could trust me. He thought that, like you, I'd returned from Faithful Death Eater to Dumbledore's Stooge, He was in a pitiable condition, very weak, showing the body of a mediocre wizard. He did not dare reveal himself to a former ally if that ally might turn him over to Dumbledore or the Ministry. I deeply regret that he did not trust me. He would have returned to power three years sooner. As it was, I saw only greedy and unworthy Quirrell attempting to steal the stone, and I admit I did all that I could to thwart him. Bellatrix's mouth twisted as though she had taken an unpleasant dose of medicine. "'But wait. You didn't return when he came back. You didn't fly to him at once when you felt the dark mark, burn. "'Correct. I returned two hours later. I returned on Dumbledore's orders.' "'On Dumbledore's—' she began, in tones of outrage. "'Think,' said Snape, impatient again. Think. By waiting two hours, just two hours, I ensured that I could remain at Hogwarts as a spy. By allowing Dumbledore to think that I was only returning to the Dark Lord's side because I was ordered to, I was able to pass information on Dumbledore and on the Order of the Phoenix ever since. Consider, Bellatrix, the Dark Mark has been growing stronger for months. I knew he must be about to return. All the Death Eaters knew. I had plenty of time to think what I wanted to do. To plan my next move to escape like Karkaroff, didn't I? The Dark Lord's initial displeasure at my lateness vanished entirely. I assure you, when I explained that I'd remained faithful, although Dumbledore thought I was his man. Yes, Dark Lord thought that I'd left him forever, but he was wrong. But what use have you been? sneered bellatrix what useful information have we got from you my information has been conveyed directly to the dark lord said snape if he chooses not to share it with you he shares everything with me said bellatrix firing it up at once he calls me his most faithful his most loyal does he said snape his voice delicately inflected to suggest his disbelief "'Does he still, after the fiasco at the Ministry?' "'That was not my fault,' said Bellatrix, flushing. "'The Dark Lord has in the past entrusted me with his most precious. "'If Lucius hadn't—' "'Don't you dare, don't you dare blame my husband,' said Narcissa, "'in a low and deadly voice, looking up at her sister. "'There is no point apportioning blame.' Said Snape smoothly. What is done is done. But not by you, said Bellatrix furiously. No, you were once again absent while the rest of us ran dangers, were you not, Snape? My orders were to remain behind, said Snape. Perhaps you disagree with the Dark Lord. Perhaps you think that Dumbledore would not have noticed if I had joined forces with the Death Eaters in the fight against the Order of the Phoenix. And, forgive me, you speak of dangers. You were fighting six teenagers, were you not? They were joined, as you very well know, by half of the Order before long, snarled Bellatrix. And, while we're on the subject of the Order, you still claim you can't reveal the whereabouts of their headquarters, don't you? "'I am not the Secret-Keeper. "'I cannot speak the name of the place. "'You know how the enchantment works, I think. "'The Dark Lord is satisfied with the information I have passed him on the Order. "'It led, as perhaps you have guessed, "'to the recent capture and murder of Emmeline Vance, "'and it certainly helped dispose of Sirius Black, "'though I give you full credit for finishing him off.' "'He inclined his head and toasted her. "'Her expression did not soften.' You're avoiding my last question, Snape. Harry Potter. You could have killed him at any point in the last five years. You haven't done it. Why? Have you discussed this matter with the Dark Lord? Said Snape. He? Lately, we... I'm asking you, Snape! "'If I had murdered Harry Potter, the Dark Lord could not have used his blood to regenerate, making him invincible.' "'You claim you foresaw his use of the boy?' she jeered. "'I do not claim it. I had no idea of his plans. I had already confessed that I thought the Dark Lord dead. "'I am merely trying to explain why the Dark Lord is not sorry that Potter survived, at least until a year ago.' "'Why do you keep him alive?' Do you not understand me? It was only Dumbledore's protection that was keeping me out of Azkaban. Do you disagree that murdering his favourite student might have turned him against me? But there was more to it than that. I should remind you that when Potter first arrived at Hogwarts, there were still many stories circulating about him. Rumours that he himself was a great dark wizard. Which was how he had survived the Dark Lord's attack. "'Indeed, many of the Dark Lord's old followers thought that Potter might be a standard "'around which we could rally once more. "'I was curious, I admitted, and not at all inclined to murder him "'the moment he set foot in the castle. "'Of course it became apparent to me very quickly that he had no extraordinary talent at all. "'He has fought his way out of a number of tight corners "'by a simple combination of sheer luck and more talented friends.' He is mediocre, to the last degree, although obnoxious and self-satisfied, as was his father before him. I have done my utmost to have him thrown out of Hogwarts, where I believe he scarcely belongs, but kill him, or allow him to be killed in front of me. I would have been a fool to risk it with Dumbledore close at hand." "'And through all this, we're supposed to believe that Dumbledore has never suspected you?' asked Bellatrix. "'He has no idea of your true allegiance. "'He trusts you implicitly, still.' "'I have played my part well,' said Snape, "'and you overlook Dumbledore's greatest weakness. "'He has to believe the best of people. "'I spun him a tale of deepest remorse "'when I joined his staff fresh from my death-eater days, "'and he embraced me with open arms.' Though, as I say, never allowing me near the dark arts than he could help, Dumbledore has been a great wizard, oh, yes, he has for Bellatrix had made a scathing noise. the dark Lord acknowledges it. I am pleased to say, however, that Dumbledore is growing old. The duel with the dark Lord last month shook him. He has since sustained a serious injury because his reactions are slower than they once were. But through all these years he has never stopped trusting Severus Snape, and therein lies my great value to the Dark Lord. Bellatrix still looked unhappy, though she appeared unsure of how best to attack Snape next. Taking advantage of her silence, Snape returned to her sister. Now, you came to ask me for help, Narcissa. Narcissa looked up at him, her face eloquent with despair. Yes, Severus, I I think that you are the only one who can help me. I've nowhere else to turn. Lucius is in jail, and she closed her eyes, and two large tears seeped from beneath her eyelids. The Dark Lord has forbidden me to speak of it, Narcissa continued, her eyes still closed. He wishes none to know of his plan. It is very secret. But If he has forbidden you if he has forbidden it, you ought not to speak, said Snape at once. The Dark Lord's word is law. Narcissa gasped, as though he had doused her with cold water. Bellatrix looked satisfied for the first time since entering the room. There, she said triumphantly to her sister, even snape says so you were told not to talk so hold your silence but snape had gotten to his feet and strode to the small window peering through the curtains out of the deserted street and closing them again with a jerk he turned around to face narcissa frowning it so happens that i know of the plan he said in a low voice i am one of the few that the dark lord has told Nevertheless, I had been. Nevertheless, had I not been in on the secret, Narcissa, you would have been guilty of great treachery to the Dark Lord. I thought you must know about it, said Narcissa, breathing more freely. He trusts you so, Severus. You know about the plan, said Bellatrix, her fleeting expression of satisfaction replaced by a look of outrage. You know? Certainly. "'said Snape. "'But what help do you require, Narcissa? "'If you are imagining I can persuade the Dark Lord to change his mind, "'I'm afraid there is no hope. "'None at all.' "'Severus,' she whispered, "'tears sliding down her pale cheeks. "'My son. "'My only son. "'Draco should be proud.' said bellatrix indifferently dark lord is granting him a great honor and i'll say this for draco he isn't shrinking away from his duty he seems glad to have a chance to prove himself excited by the prospect Narcissa began to cry in earnest gazing beseechingly all the while at snape that's because he is sixteen and has no idea what lies in store why severus why my son it is too dangerous. "'This is vengeance for Lucius mistake. I know it!' "'Snape said nothing. "'He looked away from the sight of her tears as though they were indecent, "'but he could not pretend not to hear her. "'That's why he's chosen Draco, isn't it?' she persisted. "'To punish Lucius.' "'If Draco succeeds,' said Snape, still looking away from her, "'he will be honoured above all others.' But he won't succeed, sobbed Narcissa. How can he? When the Dark Lord himself? Bellatrix gasped. Narcissa seemed to have lost her nerve. I only meant that nobody has yet succeeded. Severus, please. You are—you have always been Draco's favorite teacher. You are Lucius's old friend, I beg you. "'You are the Dark Lord's favourite, his most trusted adviser. "'Will you speak to him? Persuade him?' "'The Dark Lord will not be persuaded, and I am not stupid enough to attempt it,' said Snape flatly. "'I cannot pretend that the Dark Lord is not angry with Lucius. "'Lucius was supposed to be in charge. "'He got himself captured, along with many others, and failed to retrieve the prophecy into the bargain. "'Yes, the Dark Lord is angry, Narcissa.' Very angry indeed. Then I am right. He has chosen Draco in revenge, choked Narcissa. Does he not mean for him to succeed? He wants him to be killed trying. When Snape said nothing, Narcissa seemed to lose what little self-restraint she still possessed. Standing up, she staggered to Snape and seized the front of his robes. Her face was close to his, her tears falling onto his chest. She gasped. You could do it. "'You could do it instead of Draco Severus. You would succeed. Of course you would. And he would reward you above all of us.' Snape caught hold of her wrists and removed her clutching hands. Looking down into her tear-stained face, he said slowly, "'He intends me to do it in the end, I think. But he is determined that Draco should try first.' You see, in the unlikely event that Draco succeeds, I shall be able to remain at Hogwarts a little longer, fulfilling my useful role as a spy. In other words, it doesn't matter to him if Draco is killed. The Dark Lord is very angry, repeated Snape quietly. He failed to hear the prophecy. You know as well as I do, Narcissa. He does not forgive easily. She crumpled, falling at his feet, sobbing and moaning on the floor. My only son, my only son. You should be proud, said Bellatrix ruthlessly. If I had sons, I'd be glad to give them up at the service of the Dark Lord. Narcissa gave a little scream of despair and clutched at her long blonde hair. Snape stooped seized her by the arms, lifted her up and steered her back onto the sofa. He then poured her more wine and forced the glass into her hand. Now, that is enough. Drink this. Listen to me. She quieted a little, slopping wine down herself. She took a shaky, a shaky sip. It might be possible for me to help Draco. She sat up, her face paper-white, her eyes huge. Severus, oh, Severus, would you help him? Would you look after him, see that he comes to no harm? I can try. She flung away her glass. It skidded to a halt off the table. And she slid off the sofa into a kneeling position at Snape's feet, seizing his hand in both of hers and pressed it to her lips. If you were there to protect him, Sir Se- Severus, will you swear it? Will you make the unbreakable vow? The unbreakable vow? Snape's expression was blank, unreadable. Bellatrix, however, let out a cackle of unpleasant, of triumphant laughter. Aren't you listening, Narcissa? Oh, he'll try, I'm sure. The usual empty words, the usual slithering out of action. Oh, and the Dark Lord's orders, of course. Snape did not look at Bellatrix. His black eyes were fixed upon Narcissa's tear filled blue ones as she continued to clutch his hand. Certainly, Narcissa. I shall make the unbreakable vow, he said quietly. Perhaps your sister will consent to be our bonder. Bellatrix's wand wand. fell—wand—Bellatrix's mouth fell open. Snape lowered himself so that he was kneeling opposite Narcissa. Beneath Bellatrix's astonished gaze, they grasped right hands. You will need your wand, Bellatrix, said Snape coldly. She drew it, still looking astonished. And you will need to move a little closer, he said. She stepped forward so that she stood over them and placed the tip of her wand on their linked hands. Narcissa spoke. Will you, Severus, watch over my son, Draco, as he attempts to fulfill the Dark Lord's wishes? I will, said Snape. "'A thin tongue of brilliant flame issued from the wand "'and wound its way around their hands like red-hot wire. "'And will you, to the best of your ability, protect him from harm?' "'I will,' said Snape. "'A second tongue of flame shot from the wand and interlinked with the first, "'making it a fine, glowing chain. "'And should it prove necessary?' "'If it seems that Draco will fail,' whispered Narcissa. Snape's hand twitched within hers, but he did not draw away. "'Will you carry out the deed that the Dark Lord has ordered Draco to perform?' There was a moment's silence. Bellatrix watched, her wand upon their clasped hands, her eyes wide. "'I will.' said Snape. Bellatrix's astounded face glowed red in the blaze of a third tongue of flame, which shot from the wand, twisted with the others, and bound itself thickly around their clasped hands, like a rope, like a fiery snake. And that is the end of the chapter. Thank you all so much for joining me here today. If you are watching this on YouTube, go ahead and head right now over to Mixer uh, or Discord. We are live with the new chapter. If you are with me live right now on Mixer and Discord, thank you so very much for watching or listening, whichever you like. Um, We are at a very exciting time for Sidecar. Ooh, Linz is coming in right at the end. Linz, we are moving it up to four o'clock um, for the foreseeable future. Very sorry. <laughs> um, fortunately, uh, you can go ahead and catch this on Mixer uh, for the next week, uh, For actually for the next two weeks, but uh, in one week it will be up on um, on YouTube as well, so you can get a chance to caught up. Um, get a chance to caught up, huh? Um, for all of you who have been here for a while, thank you so much. Uh, for all of you who joined me earlier today, thank you very much. Um, today is kind of a big moment for Sidecar Stories. We are starting on a new adventure, something totally un- for un- unprecedented. Um, the chat plays Dungeon World, um, which by the way, we need a much better title for that. Uh, I would encourage you all to, to jump in on that one. Um, We'll be doing that at 1 p.m. on Thursdays, uh, and uh, at, we'll be doing these at uh, 4 p.m. on Thursdays. So, um, three hours prior to this, uh, keep an eye on the Dungeon World channel in the Discord. Um, it's gonna be a really fun game. Uh, we we had our first session today, and we we fought some goblins. It worked. I'm I'm astounded that it worked, but I'm really excited about it, and uh, I really hope that y'all oh, y'all be willing to give it a shot. Um, if you just want to duck in and, and take a look, that is totally fine. Uh, but if you if you like RPGs, that sort of thing, chatting in the dungeon, then uh, yeah, uh, I would definitely suggest that you, you take a look at it. You can join a team. You can play as one of our characters. We've got a barbarian. We've got a ranger. We've got a, a wizard. And uh, they are uh, arena fighters. And we're going to learn about their lives in and out of the ring. I imagine it being, uh, overall, I imagine it being a lot like Glow or um, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel in a weird way. If, if you wanted to hear that, one of the strangest inspirations for uh, for a, 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 a sword and sorcery campaign, there it is, marvelous Mrs. Maisel. The fighters' lives inside and outside the ring. But uh, Coop, thanks for the stream. Coop says thanks for the stream and the company. I see why Jeff made this part of his weekly schedule. Thank you very much for joining us, Coop. Um, yeah, you be well as well. Good to see you. Um, and Courtney's uh, over on Mixer is saying, OMG, there is so much I wanted to say, but I didn't want to spoil anything. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. There's a lot. There's a lot to talk about here, um, especially because I am I am reading the end of um, uh, the, the very end of the final book. And in that portion, there is some stuff that really puts a lot of this into additional uh, significant context. And so we're not going to talk about it now because no spoilers, but... I'm glad y'all are here for this now i will not forget beans we're not forgetting beans yeah marvelous mrs Maisel is a fantastic show i will admit so it's a it's a show about a stand-up comic the stand-up comedy in it is not like i i've i have yet to like bust my gut laughing at the stand-up comedy within it so don't watch it thinking it's going to be like a stand-up comedy show like a stand-up comedy special it's not going to be that it's a, an excellent show about somebody like trying to make it essentially they're trying to make it and so that's what we're doing in dungeon world you got you're, y'all are going to be a group of arena fighters just trying to make it in the in the arena fighting world and uh i hope uh you enjoyed today i hope you enjoyed dungeon world i hope you enjoyed the start of book six here i am super excited about it i'm uh i'm very happy that we've made it this far um i'm still a little incredulous it feels like it feels almost like we skipped like two or three books honestly Showing up here and, and, and saying, hey, we're getting into book six, it feels like we can't possibly have done five entire books already. But we have. And it's been a great time. Okay, I'm gonna go fetch my lovely assistant, and it's beans time. Yeah, resist the spoiler arts. Resist the dark the dark spoiler arts or, or I don't know. I'm boy, I am not good at those, am I? Whatever. It's alright braided sweetie says this has been the greatest ride i could not agree more i love it okay my lovely assistant is too on the ball i don't even i don't even get a chance for a break i'm not even walking away from this no we're doing it it's all good we're running a little on the long side anyway i don't mind uh i don't mind getting this done let's do it all right so this is uh coop says jeff groaned and laughed so much when the bad ones showed up part commiseration part Freud. no rest for the wicked beans the wicked wicked beans i am the wicked witch of the beans is that do you want to be the wicked witch of the beans no. okay what if you just pulled one out and then slammed the lid back on top of it okay. <laughs> she's over there she's over there she pulls the lid off of it stands still for a second and then goes It's a rough smell coming out of it. Unfortunately, that was a visual-only one for that, but... uh, um, Mkwekwe, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about or why, but... This is as a thank you. Um, this is a, a little tradition. We've got uh, Birdie Bots Every Flavor Beans, and uh, this is a tradition to thank you for spreading the word. Um, for everyone who has been a part of this and who has told a friend who likes Harry Potter, likes uh, reading, or just likes something to fall asleep to, thank you very much. This is dedicated to y'all. Okay. I'm ready. No, you're not. Now I'm ready. Okay, so as has become my costume, my costume, Costume. hello, Um, let's talk schedule. Um, uh, Next week, again, uh, I'm going to continue to postpone Frankenstein for the time being. No Frankenstein at the moment. Uh, I definitely want to bring it back, but I'm not quite there yet. However, on Wednesday, catch something. Okay, that one, it's super minty. On Wednesday, catch something games related. Wednesday is our, our stories in newer media day. And uh, we've been running through a game called Disco Elysium. This one's super minty. This is going to be toothpaste. Final answer? Yep. Bing, 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 bing. That's one. <sighs> now you don't have to brush your teeth today. Oof. I'm pretty sure that's gonna. I'm, I'm. That's just gonna sit in my teeth. I know it is. I can feel it right now. Hey, I need to brush your teeth today? Lynn says I hate mint. Interesting. I don't. I actually thought this was uh, root beer for a second. Your palate's all wonked up. Uh, it's super wonked up. All right, I'm one for one. Banana flavor, I know. Stop that, you. Just in. Okay, for real though, is. Um, are y'all talking about like mint jelly beans or do you mean just mint in general? You don't like it. Wild. That's kind of funny. For me, mint is up there with chocolate where it's like, I recognize some people don't like it and, and that's fine, but it just seems to me like a super rare one. Yeah, I'm down with some mint. I don't like, I do not like peppermint. I don't like peppermint at all. Um like uh, the sort of softer, like real mint that I'm down with, but I do not like peppermint. All right. I had a, a mint, um, like a nice soft mint mocha latte. Yeah. And it was the best coffee I've ever had. I don't even remember where I share, was. Share mark shake. I think I, I might've been in I, Iowa City for some reason. Well, that's the best you got. I can't I can't give you uh. a better view of that one. Sorry, All right. On Thursdays, of course, we have got uh at 1 p.m. Pacific time, we have got um uh our Dungeon World adventure. Please come join me for that. I would love to see you there because we had a great time today. Um and then at 4 p.m., this is that's the this right here being the new time for uh Harry Potter. So we're doing it two hours earlier than we used to. Um uh, we're doing it like this because I want to give our friends across the pond a chance to jump in. Um I realize. I believe it's about midnight there, but it's midnight instead of two AM. So, eh, some of the some of the the uh, night owls. <sighs> okay, I'm getting some stink. I tell you what, if we could start every session with uh, a mint one, I don't even care that I'm going to get it wrong because it's really mellowing this thing out, or or like overpowering it. Because I can tell this is supposed to be a bad one. It's one of the it's one of the rotten ones. I think this is going to be spoiled milk because it's got that 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 bit of hork in the background, but it's also got um, that like it's got a very bad sweetness to it, a very negative sweetness. Hmm. That well, that's what we're going to call it—the hork flavor. H-O-R-K, but H-O-R-Q-U-E, as McQuake has elegantly stylized it, I'm totally fine with that one. Yep, Louis Allen, it will be up here, um, it'll be up on on YouTube in one week, but for the next two weeks, it'll be up here on Mixer, so yeah, you you can jump back in and take a look at that. Tuna, thank you very much. Um... That, Jade Dragon says that sounds like umbrage, a bad sweetness, and I would say that is exactly what I would call it. Um, it's this term called sickly sweetness, or even uh, there's saccharine, which is like you're gonna forget what bean this is. Overly sweet? No, it's I'm, I'm going spoiled milk for sure. Oh, it is stinky socks. Dang it, dang it, dang it, dang it, dang it. Stinky socks. Okay. <sighs> um. Okay, so Witchy Witch which which is wondering, found sardine beans yet? And there is a fish bean in here, right? Like a rotten fish or a stinky fish or whatever. <laughs> check dead, out my check dead. out my new ska band. I've got i I'm starting stinky a new ska punk band called Stinky Fish. <laughs> hey, Stinky Fish and Tuna Sunday could jam together. True. Stinky fish, tuna Sunday, and solder fish. We'll just we'll be the, the aquatic trio. Um Okay. JRB says, gotta get my kids to bed. See you next week. I'll see you later. Have a good one. Have a great night, J.R.B. Um, okay, so one out of two, yeah, facade of sweetness. Yeah, there's, there's saccharine, which is, uh, I'm, I'm ready for the next one. Um, saccharine, which is like, it's too sweet. Just like, just having like a straight up spoonful of sugar and nothing else. And then there's sickly sweet, which is like, it's sweet, sure, but it's not a sweet that you want. And uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I would say about uh, Umbridge, too. I like that, Jade. All right, here we go. Um, let's see. Finally, on Friday is nothing for the time being. I don't... What did it used to be? Right now, Wednesdays. Oh, kind of wild card is when I was testing stuff out. Right now, Wednesdays and Thursdays are my big stream days. Okay. It's a bad one. Did you say Thursdays and Wednesdays? I think I said Wednesdays and Thursdays. Maybe I did. So what? Maybe you're crazy. Michelle, can you not write things like sardine yogurt in chat while I'm trying to eat very, very bad beans that make me want to puke anyway? How dare you? Michelle? Ugh. Okay. 100% this is a bad one. Leftover Salmon is an excellent band, says Coop. Hmm. Ugh. I think Rotten Egg on that one. Pretty sure it was Hork. Vomit? Yep. Gotcha. Bork. Yarts. <laughs> you like Chants. that hand, don't you? Um, I tell you what. In spite of this being a literary podcast, I'm going to not run through a, a, a thesaurus for vomit. Why not? It just doesn't seem like the sort of thing that people cinnamon. want. Cinnamon. We're getting a, a a cheer for cinnamon. Tuna says, I believe Sam hates oatmeal. Use that to your will. Hey, Tuna, get. Get out. <laughs> <That's what laughs> Miche- and now Michelle is trying to blame her husband for stealing her phone and writing sardine yogurt. I'm not buying it. Michelle, I'm not buying it nobody needs to think of grosser things we don't need it no tonight's a rough one okay so i'm at one out of three so far oh man this is a dragon okay i really enjoyed book five we went from uh you can kind of you can kind of uh this this one's number four i think um you can kind of hold your hand in front of it to Like a like a makeup artist. In front of your face because it keeps focusing on your face, but it didn't work. Where are you putting your hand? In front of your face. Okay. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I tell you what, I will I will add beans to this if I get subscribers during this time, from the start of beans time. Then I'll, I'll then I'll do an extra one. All right. Oh, okay. Mm. Banana. That's a flavor I know. <laughs> I definitely got banana. It's the it's the milkshake one. I'm pretty confident. Yep. Yes. Put it on the board, Michaela. Tuna Sunday. Go, go, go. Two out of four. <laughs> what was the name? I already forgot the name of the one that he had. Hmm? What was the band name that you said would be pretty Uh stinky fish. There you go. Or Tuna or Sunday, leftover salmon. Stinky fish. Don't you guys have like eight email accounts that you could use? The price, <laughs> Coop says the price of popularity is yarts. <laughs> um, okay, let's do another one. And I'm going to jump back into chat because Courtney's talking about some stuff. Let's see. Easy. Too easy that one. Got a little bit of nanner, a little bit of milkshake, a little bit of some additional inexplicable fruit that I still don't know. Strawberry. Probably strawberry. Yeah. No. All right, guys. I'm sorry. His camera's not working tonight. Cass is all about the blueberry uh, banana milkshakes. Okay. Me, uh, smoothies. Smoothies. Shh. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. I forgot which one I put in my mouth. All right. Uh, Courtney says, I feel Are like this is a really... Un- What's up? Have you chewed it yet? Nope. Okay. Come on. I feel like this is a really unpopular opinion, but Book 5 is one of my least favorite books in the series. I'm definitely not going to agree with you. I love Book 5. That one was my favorite. I don't. Mr. Fouse says, I have friends who believe I am insane for making 5 my favorite book. Also, people think it's weaker because of how whiny Harry is. Yeah, it's definitely, it's a, it's a transition, right? Harry is in the middle of wanting to... Hey... Hey, Luke, we don't need any help with this, okay? We've already got us. We've already got a system. <sighs> McQuaico is like begging. Who's got a friend to subscribe before beams are done? <laughs> before the beams are uh, done. That's too bright. It's the beams. It's great. This, by the way, is my uh, my special uh, primary brush. lighting. Okay. What can you do my makeup. This one was pretty bubble gummy, which I believe y'all have been calling frutsy. tootsie Fruitsie. Tootsie Fruitsie. So I'm gonna go with that. We haven't been calling it. Yes. Now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Michaela's having to tiptoe around. Oh, but Courtney got, got anyway. <laughs> oh yeah. I've, I've, uh, I've explicitly taken out a certain mention of that, but, uh, yeah, I, I agree, Courtney. Uh, Courtney's mentioning, uh, I'll just say the loss from the end of last book and, uh, I, I definitely agree. Like, it, I do wish that uh, we had had more time to explore that. Not even necessarily that, that uh, there could have been more time spent together, but that we as an audience would have been able to see them together more. To see kind of what their interactions are like. But I think that's I think that's part of the, the reason why it happened the way it did. Okay. Well, that's three out of five for me. Okay. Here we go. I'm counting down to the, the official end of beans. Five... Four, twelve, three, fourteen, two, sixteen, one, eighteen, and that's it, Michaela. You'll have to. Pff, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> you get a biker chick. <laughs> hey, I tell you what. If you wanna, if you wanna really push people, I am. I have been furloughed. I believe is the is the uh, the technical one. So I tell you what. I'll I'll do beans for. Uh, I'll do Beans for Embers, too. There it is. Selling it. Hmm. It wasn't during Beans, but it was today. <laughs> Mister, I don't even know what Mr. Foose just sent me. He, beans. He, oh, it's just baked beans? Gotcha. Okay. And Michelle says my husband was trying to get on. Hey, you know what? I'll allow it. A stay, stay of execution. If it shows up, I do have to put a limit on it, though, because uh, I'm 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 at the end of my night here. So I am I'm coming off of a, a fairly long day of streaming. At this point, I've been going for six and a half hours, not straight, but five and a half. oh, you're right, five and a half. All right, Michelle. Let's see. So it's six twenty-three right now. If he can get in by six twenty-five, then we're doing it. Otherwise, that's it. Maybe, maybe, he, maybe he should uh, he should save it up for next time. Who knows? <laughs> Mister Fu says that's a lot of camera in face. It is. Um, but uh, I tell you what, I've been enjoying it. Um, the uh, from earlier today, we had our um, our. Uh, dungeon world stream and i built boy i put i put some time into that uh, i built a, a whole control panel for people to be able to help um and uh, essentially like i built all the moves i automated an rpg which is a lot now that i think about it but uh yeah i i automated an rpg such that people can can uh, join the teams and um everyone on team team uh, Celius Celius the hungry is our barbarian and he's a uh, actually I don't think we've we've sussed out a gender for for them necessarily but um Celius the barbarian is a Minotaur, and um, they have uh, everyone who joins team Celius has access to the basic moves and then also all the special barbarian moves and then eventually the advanced moves as as Celius levels up as well but yeah we're we're essentially creating a three teams and each team functions as a player and each team has their own character so definitely check it out i had a really good time today i couldn't believe that it worked honestly but it did and it kind of worked like a charm uh jack says the sad thing is that even if he wasn't on the run he couldn't live with them. yep true bowtie fox says rpg wwe which is honestly it's kind of what it's like I, i i think it's gonna be it's as if that were serious you know what I mean? Definitely like rivals and grudge matches and uh, and uh, nemeses and, and managers. And uh, I want to spend a lot more time outside the ring as well um, and uh, see what kind of stuff, you know, uh, a group of ad- adept fighters and adventurers, they might make a name for themselves in the arena, but the arena might not pay super great. So they're going to have to take some additional uh, quests on. We'll see. And, uh, ooh, that's a great question, Mr. Foose. Mystic Seeker, hello, welcome. Um, we are just wrapping up the stream. I should, uh, I, I want to make sure everyone knows, uh, we are, um, he made it. All right, you're signed in. I gotta see, I gotta see the notification. We're a little bit after, but I do see the new name in there. So I'm gonna I'll allow it. Mr. Foose is wondering, so, when do we get to hear you reading your own writing? Which is a good question. He own it. On my clock, it's 27, but I tell you what, I'm I'm willing to... I gotta see the ping. It's gotta come up. Our oven is 25. Welcome to Scooter Patrol, Mystic Seeker. (laughs) There it is. All right. The mask goes back on. Um... Yeah, if you want to hear, if you want to hear my writing, um, I tell you what, I've got a, I've got a, uh, a pilot for a screenplay that I would be happy to share with y'all. So I'm gonna to have to suss out a time to do that. Um, if you want to keep an eye on news of that sort uh, or just about anything sidecar related, the Discord is the place to be. Um, you'll definitely want to keep an eye out there. I have changed some things up so that if you want to mute all the channels except for schedule then you should still get notified about everything, but you won't get, you know, notifications and pings for other things. So uh, if you're on the discord, uh, you can feel free to do that. Uh, I am ready anytime, my love. And uh, yeah, I will, I will let y'all know. I would say probably a Tuesday. Uh, I'm going to try and do a Tuesday for that just because that's where I've got That was startling. That was a huge startle for some reason. Um, Right now, Tuesday is where I've got the most time. But yeah, I would love to make a... um, Jack of No Trade says, 24-hour stream, please. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to do that. That's a lot. That's not going (laughs) to happen. Holy crap. It might be a sausage bean. Tuna says Sam needs his beauty sleep. Oh, oh. It's not sausage. It's really gonna, it's really, it's got the hork, it's got the back of the tongue kind of like, hey, 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 have you considered yartsing today? (laughs) Like, hey, come here, come here. Let me whisper in your ear. Please, do you have a moment to talk about our Lord and Savior yarts? Hello, mama, Let me whisper in your ear. (laughs) Ooh. It's bad. When they're this bad, I got to say rotten egg. Yeah? Yeah. Yes! I showed them the, <laughs> the packaging and I crossed my fingers. That's what took so long. I was hoping oh. to get the rotten egg. Yeah, my eyes are watering. Here's the thing. When I keep them up front, like when I'm chewing on it, it's it's generally okay. But now I got to slug this thing back, which means it's going over the back of my tongue, which is a spot that really like picks it up. Yeah. So here we go. Three, two, were just holding mushed up jelly bean in your mouth, time? Pretty much, it, I can't tell you how great the yes. impulse is to just get rid of it. Well, work. That's rough. Oh. All right, four out of six. I pushed it. I pushed it past the halfway point. So I'm. 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 Overall, I am i'm uh, i'm i'm not positive for the for the day Whew. okay that's it for me folks have a great night thank you so much for joining me um we are going to call it uh michelle thank you for for pushing <laughs> and hey if anybody else has uh have has friends that they want to bring in um i uh, or if you can if you can somehow if you can prove at me Via, let's see, Instagram or Discord. Instagram's the best one. I'll say Instagram or Twitter. If you can prove at me via Instagram or Twitter that you're having some sort of that you, that you have gotten other people to listen to it with you, even if they don't subscribe or have their own, you know, if they're not listening to it alone for themselves. Ooh, that's a, we can't do that right now. It's quarantine. We can't. Yeah. No okay. listening parties allowed. no Okay, never mind. Don't can do, do that. A I'll I'll ban you. I'll ban you if you do that. <laughs> I'm joking. I won't. But don't do that. Not yet. Later. Um Brady and Sweetie says, See you, Sam. Thanks for a great start to the weekend. Yeah, I hope everyone has a fantastic weekend. Uh no stream tomorrow. Uh, the next time I'll see y'all is probably going to be uh Wednesday. It's gonna be Wednesday. I was gonna say like I might I might be able to like really get on it and do the um the screenplay by uh Tuesday, but I'm gonna give myself two weeks to do it. So week after next because i want to do it justice cool thank you all so much that's it for me i hope you have a great night have a great weekend and i'll see y'all later michaela mystic seeker gwendog uh braided sweetie mr Foose, uh tuna of course uh 22 if you're still around courtney i don't know who's all here i'm just looking at the names i find in chat and then of course in discord Addy, Egg, Bowtie Fox, uh, Chaos Collect, Coop, Fire Jet, Jack of No Trades, Jade Dragon, Linz. Welcome. Sorry you missed most of it. It'll be up on the mix- Mixer for two weeks and in one week it'll be up on uh, YouTube. Luis, aka Curly, Mimi, Muffin Man, and Rachel. I hope you all have a fantastic time. Goodbye. That's it. I'm leaving.